0: It's really great just to kind of see the growth of our profession and the growth of how these fellowships help dietitians like get to that next level.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Sports Artie Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight and rewards of the profession. Snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sports RD Snippets. I'm super excited to have Kelsey Gomes today on the podcast. Kelsey has an incredible journey to becoming a sports dietitian. Kelsey was also my stint mentor almost five years ago. We talk all about the SNP experience and what we both would have done differently now looking back as mentor and mentee. Kelsey Gomes joined the UNC Sports Medicine staff in February of 2015 as the Director of Sports Nutrition. She works closely with UNC varsity athletic teams providing sports nutrition education, nutrition counseling, and meal planning assistance. Prior to coming to UNC, Gomes served as the Coordinator of Sports Nutrition at the University of Florida from 2012 to 2015, where she oversaw the nutrition for eight varsity sport programs. Other previous experience included consulting for the University of Central Florida, working for Tara Guidus Nutrition Consulting, and working as a dietitian in the Traumatic Brain Injury and Rehab Unit at Orlando Regional Medical Center from 2009 to 2011. Gomes understands the student-athlete experience, having swam at the collegiate level for the University of North Carolina at Wilmington for four years, where she received her bachelor's degree in health education and a minor in chemistry. She then went on to complete her master's degree in sports nutrition from Florida State University. During her dietetic internship at FSU, she was a sports nutrition intern with the athletic department and also had the opportunity to work with professional athletes at Exos in Phoenix, Arizona. Gomes is credentialed as a Registered Dietitian, a Certified Specialist in Sports Dietetics and a Certified Leap Therapist, specializing in food sensitivities. An active member of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, Gomes received the 2014 Recognized Young Dietitian of the Year Award from the Florida Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. She is also an active member of CPSDA. Gomes currently resides in Chapel Hill, North Carolina with her husband, Michael, and their two daughters, Charlotte and Amelia. She is still an avid runner and has run 10 marathons. Let's jump in and let's meet Kelsey. Hi, Kelsey.
2: Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Liz, how are you? I'm I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Kelsey right now is in front of the fueling station that I used to
0: help out in. So just feeling nostalgic. Oh, yeah, we got all the Carolina blue colors and everything up here. This is one of my favorite places to be and and kind of work out of just because it it looks into the stadium. And so it's really neat, like kind of being up here. (laughs) It's been five years almost since, is that weird? I can't believe it's been that long. I can't believe it's been that long since we've had a snip. So hopefully we get one this year, but, um, yeah, I can't believe you've been gone five years. That's crazy. I know. And Kelsey now has two kids. That's even crazier. (laughs) I can't believe I haven't met them yet. I know. I know. No, they're the best. They're so great. They, um, I bring them to work all, I feel like all the time, well, I guess this is pre-COVID, now I can't bring them to work because they're technically not in our bubble. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I felt like Charlotte has kind of grown up around all the guys Aww. and just, um, is used to being around like bigger, taller people. Um, so that's always kind of good, but that um, Amelia, Amelia hasn't had that experience yet.
2: <laughs> soon, soon, in a post COVID world. Yes. <laughs> um so I start like to start these episodes off with how we know each other so I mean most people probably know this but Kelsey was actually my snip mentor at UNC and I was just trying to think like when I first met you I don't think I ever told you this or maybe I did but in I went to the boot camp in Tennessee and you presented on how to get your foot in the door which is really funny because I just presented on the exact same topic and I remember at the end it was like, go check out Tennessee's fueling station. And you guys were like, on the uh, the people that presented were like on the other side. It was kind of like a meet and greet as you go through the fueling station. And I, oh, I was applying to SNP at that time. And I was like, I knew I obviously ranked UNC. I'm so embarrassed, but I wanted to say hi to you, but I just chickened out and just didn't. did it. Did I ever
0: tell you that? <laughs> no, no, you didn't. Oh my uh, goodness. So
2: That's the point of that story is you should just introduce yourself. I mean, obviously it didn't cost me anything, but-
0: I was just nervous. I know, and I think that's the biggest thing that, of course, like you missed now about conferences and boot camps and everything. It's just the interaction of getting to meet people and to network with people at CPS day. That's something I always look forward to every single year is just like catching up with people. so, yeah, and introducing and meeting people because it's always neat that somebody's like, hey, like I want to introduce you to so and so, or hey, this is somebody that's, um, you know, really interested in applying to your fellowship, or, you know, but yes, you should totally say hi to someone. That's the point of this. And it's funny just because sports is so small that it's like, hey, like this part, you, you get into a conversation with somebody and then you find out that you're connected to probably 20 other people that they that's know too. True.
2: And it's almost five years since, okay. So I was at like a doctor's appointment or something. And at the time, like you apply to SNP and for some reason, I thought it said like, you'll hear by April. And I was obviously busy in my dietetic internship. I don't know. I wasn't really thinking about it, which sounds really weird. And I, when they said by April, I don't know why I them at April 15th. Like anyway, so I'm just like at this doctor's appointment and I get a text from you. I obviously didn't have your number. And it was like, hi Elizabeth like it's Kelsey from UNC are you free for a call and like I've only had two moments in my life where I've been like oh my god my life is going to change like it was just so cool because you rank all these schools I kind of forget so for anyone that's applying a step you're kind of just like putting your hands like your life into the hands of these like <laughs> not like selectors it sounds kind of like a, ro- a robotic task but you know it's so crazy because I forget that you're kind of like sure like whatever happens. And then when you text me, it was just like, uh, oh my God, my life's going to change. And it's just five
0: yeah. years later. It, it totally has. Just no, changed. I, re- I remember that. Cause I remember when I, um, had texted you to interview you and we were I think it's just like it's such a it's just a crazy time for what I remember that you have to interview all of these people within like a day or so where you have like oh, yeah. interviews like back to back to back um and then you like make your selection of who kind of your final candidates are and everything but um yeah gosh and you what east coast west coast east coast no I think
2: my interview I don't know if I picked the times but like I picked like 9 a.m. East Coast time, I was in California. So I actually interviewed at two places at 6 a.m. I was so excited though, I could have cared less, but like kind of risky, like was I even awake? Well, I remember, but for anyone interviewing, actually this is good advice. What's really cool is it sounds stressful that you have three interviews in a row. That's really what it is, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But I do remember UNC was my last interview. So what was really cool was you do an interview and then you're like, oh, I wish I said this. Then the next day you're like, oh, I wish I said this. And then the last one, you're just ready to go. So I don't know, it's definitely not a process. You'll I don't know anything like that in life. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it's like from your end doing that too, but it's just, it's just, it's kind of wild, but it's a really cool experience. So just don't be stressed. Be excited. If, yeah. if you guys get
0: a- April 15th stands out. Isn't that matching day usually for dietetic internships? Yeah, I have PTSD because I didn't get matched. So that's really <laughs> well.
2: but, but yeah, it's like when you're not paying attention, that's when you're so true. Um, all right. So let's jump in. Can you take us through your career path up until this point where you started and where you are today?
0: Yeah, sure. So, um, I was, I guess I'll kind of start with my background. I was a collegiate swimmer at UNCW. And so I swam there for four years and um, didn't really know what I wanted to do, I guess. It's so hard, like when people are like, all right, you need to pick your major by your sophomore year and decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. By that time, you're just kind of like, I'm in college, like, yes, that's like step one. But um, I had no idea. I was a a health major at, at UNCW. And my professor was a registered dietitian. There was like two nutrition classes offered at UNCW. And so um I remember taking those classes and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I really want to do. I want to do nutrition. i um I uh, really want to to be in this field. And I wonder what I can do with it. Because I was like, what am I going to do with that with a health major? Am I just going to like work for the Department of Public Health? Or I didn't really want a desk job. I really I like like moving around. I like being mobile during the day. I like kind of having those like busy days where not every day is the same. And um, so I talked to my advisor and she was also she was my professor but she was also my advisor and I remember saying like how do I become a registered dietitian like what can I do to, to do this and she was like well you can't major in that here at um, UNCW there's this thing called DPDs that you have to get to uh, as requirements in order to match into an internship program um, and so something that she was like I want to recommend is that you should start taking some of the chemistries Um, and so that was probably some of the best advice that I had from a program that did not have a dietetic internship was to start taking like (laughs) not just like your general 101 and 102 chemistry, but also to kind of dive into the organic chemistries and to take biochem and to take um gosh what did I also it take sounds out? like
2: go dive in and torture yourself
0: well I ended up minoring in chemistry because by the time I took like so many chemistries that they were like well you only have like one other class to take and then you get a minor in chemistry um and of course that was like the hardest one I remember taking analytical chemistry I never ever want to like take that again and think, <laughs> but um you know and so I was like well um you know, is there anything in sports? Like I would love to do something in sports because we did not have a sports dietitian at UNCW. I remember our campus health dietitian came and spoke to us. And I remember it wasn't like the greatest talk like ever, but um, it was still like something like that. I was like, I wonder if there is something in sports because I'd I'd love to like do something and just kind of talk about performance and talk about how this helps to like fuel yourself. And so I remember asking her that, and this was, um, so this was, I was in school 2002 to 2006. So this was probably um, 2005. And so it was right before like the CSSD exam even came out and sports nutrition wasn't really a thing. I remember, I think like some of like your other guests, like Amy Culp and everybody said like, you know, there were only like what, like eight dietitians and Rob Skinner, I remember saying, and it was like him and Allison Maurer, um, Amy Bragg, like Amy Culp, like there were just weren't like a a lot of um, sports dietitians like around, um, and so she was like, it's a new thing, but you can look into it. And so I remember looking at Florida State's master's program, and they had a master's in sports nutrition. And um, I was like, that's where that's where I really want to go. And so I ended up getting into um, the master's program at, um, at Florida State. Normally, that's supposed to be a program that can take you like a year and a half to do. But I ended up staying for three years because I oh, love college. Yeah. <laughs> loved college but I also had to make up my undergrad classes like in um in in my DPD requirements but because I had taken all the chemistries at UNCW already all I had to make up was like the foods, food science class. So I had gotten into the master's program, hadn't matched yet to the dietary internship because I was taking undergrad classes there while taking grad school classes. Um, but it was like foods, food science, like all those really fun like labs that you get to take and um, really kind of diving into the foods part of it. So. Did that and then ended up finally getting matched into um, my second year at FSU, getting matched into the program. And so the last two years were like my master's, and uh, my last semester at FSU was just like really like my internship. So um, once I graduated from FSU, I um, started applying to every single job possible, like knew that I probably was not qualified for any of them. Like I literally remember when UVA opened up and I applied to that position and obviously Randy Byrd got that position and not qualified like at the time or anything, but being like, oh yeah, like I'm going to get a job (laughs) at, at, at UVA like right away. And then when he left Kansas, I remember applying to Kansas and I remember applying to like some of these just like positions where, you know, I just, I obviously was not qualified. And even if I got an interview out of it, it was like the, out of some of these jobs that I applied to, it was just like the greatest thing, but, um, they were like, you need to get more sports nutrition experience. And so I, um, ended up kind of taking a job in clinical right after, cause, um, student loans were coming knocking at my door, you know, six months after you graduate from grad school and have to start kind of paying bills. And so, um, worked clinical for, um, for two years, um, in Orlando, Florida at the traumatic brain injury and research, um, sorry, traumatic brain injury and rehab units at, um, Orlando regional medical center in Orlando, Florida. So those were like my units that I was responsible for. And, I absolutely loved it. It actually was not, you know, while I was still trying to get into sports and really, really wanted to be a sports dietitian, I felt like this kind of strengthened my confidence as a dietitian because you can kind of look at it as um, these patients weren't athletes, but they had to be active. They had to complete 180 minutes of therapy a day. They came medically stable to the unit. Uh, they had to complete PT, OT, and speech on a daily basis. And if they, um, you know, for whatever reason, if something medically happened to them that where they weren't stable, then they were transferred out of the unit. So, I mean, you got to actually, and they stayed there for a while, which was cool, depending on what, you know, their insurance coverage was or what their injuries were. like They, they stayed there. So you actually got to round and got to know them really well. And then just kind of like your performance team in a college setting where you have, you know, your strength coach, your athletic trainers, your doctors, your dietitians. Um, we did rounds with like the doctors, the social workers, the PTs, the OTs. So you know, you kind of, I was able to kind of relate it to, even though I wasn't in sports and in my dream job right away, that this was something that was still going to help me, um, once I finally did get into sports. And so, um, um So while I was in Orlando, I, again, was trying to get in sports nutrition as much as I I could or just find any experience that I could. And so my sister at the time was a collegiate swimmer at Virginia Tech. And Amy Friel was still at Virginia Tech at the time. And Kaylee had gone to see Amy for nutrition advice and had sought her out. And so I asked Kaylee, I was like, hey, do you think Amy would mind if I emailed her just with some advice of how to get into the field? Um... And so Kaylee asked her and um, she gave me Amy's email address and was like, sure, like, go ahead and, and email her. And so I did. And this was right before the CPSDA. I think it was probably the second CPSDA is the one that was in Pensacola. But Amy had emailed me and said, like, hey, you should join this organization. Um, it's going to be in Gulf Breeze, which was, I think, like six hours from Orlando, like Pensacola area at the Andrews Institute. And so she was like, sign up. And so I did, and I joined and I, um, went to that conference <laughs> it was like six people at the time, but it was just really, <laughs> it it was only like 50 people. Like I remember like Dave Ellis presented, um, Erica Whitman presented, um, but it wasn't a very big conference. Like we were just in one room the whole time. I mean, it was crazy just to see how much this has changed. And I mean, it was funny. I was looking at my, I just like renewed my CBSDA membership and I've been a member of CBSDA since 2010. Um, And it says like member number and I'm like member number 57, which is kind of crazy to think how much this organization has grown. I think there's well over a thousand people where I was like the 57th person to, to sign up, which I, I, dates me a little bit, but <laughs> but yeah. Um, so that was kind of how I got into like CPSA. And that was like my first like conference, like sports nutrition. And that just, again, just really solidified that this was what I wanted to do. I mean, listening to to all of those people, to, to Dave and to Erica, like present, I was just like, this is amazing.
2: That's amazing. And it's so cool to kind of I mean, I can only imagine what it would be like. Obviously, it was small when it started because, you know, it has to be small, but to see how it's evolved, I mean, that sounds like crazy. Just thinking about how much it's grown throughout the years.
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 to have different like breakout sessions and everything to how the, the conference has changed. to just being in that one room of um, the Andrews Institute, I can, I mean, I can see it still like in my mind, (laughs) I I was sitting next to Laurel Tomko um, who was my mentor at Florida state. um, And she was um, doing kind of military tactical at the time. But um, I just remember like sitting in that room and I'm like, wow, this is just, this is so cool. That's really cool. Then, like, I started, um, I got really involved in the Orlando Dietetic Association, um, or it's now, like, the Orlando Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, but it was ODA at the time, and um, this was just a way that I could meet, and network, and kind of meet other dietitians in the area, and through that networking opportunity, I met um, a dietitian um, whose name is uh, Targitis, and at that time, she was a sports, news, she was one of the only, like, sports dietitians kind of in the Orlando area but she came and I was just in awe of Tara just everything that she did because she was on the news and did like news segments and then she had her in private practice and was consulting with the Orlando Magic and I was like man I I need to connect with her and so she didn't have um any job opportunities or anything at the time but I just started doing just handouts or if she had something that I could come along with and, and started volunteering with her and then um I remember I at At CPSDA, gosh, I I think this was 2011. Um, I had met James Harris there and he had had two internship openings at Oregon. And um, I was like, I'm going to apply. I'm going to introduce myself um, and interviewed with him. And I remember um, that I ended up getting one of those positions at Oregon and i had asked him i was like can you give me the weekend to kind of think about this because i'm like how in the heck am i going to and this was my first yes like in sports nutrition this is the first like job opportunity And i'm like how the heck am i going to move from orlando florida get my car out there find it like you know something in, U- in eugene oregon um still pay my loans back because i'd be taking a pay cut going out there um and i remember having to call him on monday and turned the job down. And I was just like devastated, absolutely devastated. Cause it was my first yes. I remember I was crying on the phone and then crying after I like hung up the phone with him. Um, but then a week later, it was crazy. Tara had actually gotten the contract for um, UCF or University of Central Florida and was like, hey, I don't have time to take this on would you be willing to come work for me in my private practice? And I was like, sure. So it was kind of like a first yes, like into, and again, you know, people always say everything kind of happens for a reason, but it was just kind of crazy timing that that happened a week later. So I ended up working for her for about a year and a half in her private practice um, and kind of doing different things. And I, I really liked the private practice because it was, it was new, it was different every day. I was getting to do, um, I was able to be part of like the the run Disney family where I was doing some of the talks for the expos, um, on nutrition for runners and, um, got to go out to California and actually do one out at Disneyland and you got to run the races too, which was awesome for me. So it was like a free race entry, like why I like doing this at the same time. Um, And then, like, I got to do TV segments and stuff. So having to do some of that stuff, like, with her was just so great. It was so different. And then also got to spend, um, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week at at UCF kind of starting that nutrition program um, out there, which was great. So I was there, like, one to two days a week. Um, But then it got to a point where I really – I knew sports nutrition and – or, sorry, college, collegiate, was where I really wanted to be. So I'd kind of done clinical, did private practice for a little bit, but knew that – collegiate was kind of my calling. I loved the education part of it. Um, I loved like helping athletes get to, you know, whatever their nutrition goals were from a performance perspective. And um, remember kind of writing a proposal uh, to UCF for why like I needed to be full-time there. uh, Gosh, I guess our, she was our, I can't remember what Jess's title was, but she was like our uh, SWA, I guess is what she was. And um, she was like, Kelsey, I don't know if this will be a year from now or if this will be five years from now, but we don't have time to bring on a full-time dietitian. And so at that point I was kind of like, all right, what do I do? and so florida had posted an assistant position um, and this was actually chelsea burkhart's position that when she left and went to illinois um, so i applied to that position because at least it was still in florida it wasn't far it wasn't too far away um, and ended up landing that position at university of florida in 2012 and so i started there um, and was there for three years and it was amazing got to work with some high level athletes um, And I don't know, it was just a dream. I was finally in like my dream position. Yeah. I was finally a full-time dietitian in a, in a collegiate setting. And I absolutely loved it. Um, at the time, like my, um, he was my boyfriend, he's my husband now, but my boyfriend and I were, were long distance. And so Mike was up here in North Carolina where we grew up in, in Charlotte and, um, trying to figure out like what we were going to do. And so we had gotten engaged in 2014 and I was like, okay, well, are you moving down here or what do we need to do? And so looking at things, so originally we, (laughs) we were planning on either he was going to move down to Florida or we were going to try to do like a year long distance, our first year of marriage um, before figuring out, um, you know, kind of what to do next. And then um, Mary Ellen Kelly ended up getting uh, the first female I guess, job in the in the NFL with the Dolphins and left in October of 2014 to go there and um, this position at UNC posted. And so I um, had a really hard time deciding if I was going to leave Florida because I loved, loved my job there. But um, this was also going to be a director's title. I was an assistant there at Florida um, and it was going to be good personally. So ended up applying for this job at UNC and um, grew up a Tar Heel fan and ended up kind of landing this job and and starting in February, 2015. So they, um, UNC was really great about the transition. So um, I knew other people on your podcast have said, you know, kind of leave a place like, you know, in a good spot, like, or where, um, you know, to make sure that they're set up really great for the next person to kind of come in. And so um, I worked with a lot of teams that were in season in the spring at Florida. So I worked with like gymnastics and baseball. And so I asked them if they'd give me, um, I ended up getting the job in December but asked them if they would give me until the beginning of uh, February, kind of more than that two week time, just to make sure that all my teams were set up until um, Florida could possibly refill um, my, my position. So, um, so yeah, so that's where, so I started in February, 2015, which is crazy. So now like I've been here six years, like on my seventh year here at UNC and um, it's just been amazing to even since you've been here five years ago to see how much this, program has changed and developed and just like the resources that they put into it. So um sorry that's kind of long-winded, but that's well, um no, about, but I'm just like beaming. I
2: just it's just amazing. And I obviously never or I didn't know that story about Oregon and turning that down. <laughs> I feel like what was kind of going through your head, I guess, in the sense of like because you, you had an intuition that you had an intuition that you knew something didn't feel right to take that like what because I feel like there's a lot of people out there that you know they want to take that risk they know they have to get their foot in the door but what advice do you have around that decision because I do think there is this middle ground on like what's right for you versus like taking this risk that might not make sense for you
0: yeah I think I just kind of was looking at it like logistically from everything from like having to like I was Gosh, I had only been working for two years as a clinical dietitian, really, really wanted to get into sports, but I was looking at from a financial perspective, like taking a huge pay cut, moving all the way to the West coast, being really far away from, from family and everything, I think was just like another big thing that I, I just kind of kept telling myself, like there's gonna be more opportunities that come about. So if this one isn't the right one for me right now, even though it would have been an amazing opportunity to work under James Harris, to work for that program, um, I was kind of like, I I don't think this is the right time for me to take that that leap or that jump like right away. I need to probably save up some more money if I'm gonna move all the way to West Coast, because. Again, I I I at that time like was was single. So there wasn't um I didn't have a problem with moving all the way to the West Coast. But I think to get my car out there to try to figure out how to either drive or to what is it, ship or put your car like on a trip no, to drive expensive. it out there? Yeah, that is expensive. Uh, so um yeah, so I think it's just kind of thinking like just taking into account all of those things like from like can you afford this financially, I guess, right now? Like is there gonna like is it going to be something that you're happy about when you look back on it.
2: Yeah. I think you make a good point too. like being, or just to be patient in the process, like trusting that the skills you had where you were, were going to be enough to like when the time was right, you know, take that jump. And it, like, I think just trusting your gut in any situation is like exactly what you did, which I think everyone should do. Like, I don't think I've ever made a gut decision that was wrong. I don't mean, I mean, has anyone, I mean, no one can answer, but you know, what right. Like, you don't really not go with your gut and something usually bad happens. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I think you have to, it's like in, in any job or anything that you're applying for, like, I think you have to really consider things instead of making like a knee jerk is just kind of considering like big picture. Right. Um, but, and I think that's just in, in anything in life, just making sure that it's like a good, a good thing for you.
2: Yeah. Um, I love when you're talking about like, you know, I, with the private practice loving the education and the team talks. I just love watching you like public speak, which sounds super funny. But Kelsey's such a good public speaker. Does that did that come like naturally to you or like was that something you worked on? Because you're just such a personal person and I feel like you just deliver education very practically <laughs> and you just get the point across.
0: Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, um I don't know i guess i i think it is just like a lot of like practice and i really i don't consider myself a really good public speaker honestly um but thank you i really appreciate that but um i i think in the private practice setting just because Tara had let me do some of these different like tv segments where I had to like practice for them and practice like different messaging that um like in in, I guess like the private practice setting like how sometimes like people will make money as different companies will you know kind of pay them to go on tvs to get some of these tv spots to to get away like or give away like their messaging of what they're trying to get across so if it's like a new product like I remember Welch's was like a, a something that we one of her clients, I guess, that she did work for. So if it was like they were um, wanting her to to get a tv segment to kind of promote this like product and stuff like I, I just felt like I had to kind of like learn like the messaging and kind of learn like the points because you also only have like in a tv segment you may only have like 90 seconds or you may it may just be like a three minute segment so it's like kind of making sure that your um I guess messaging is short and concise and you know sometimes you look at that from um you know team talks where you may only have like three minutes in the weight room I know whenever I do them with football like they're not going to sit there and pay attention to me for 10 minutes that I've got to be really clear and concise and what I really want to get across for the day. So I think that was something that I just kind of got used to like doing is being like, what do I really, what's my main point that I want to get? I don't need to make like a bunch of different points but I think that's just been kind of a big thing when I'm looking at trying to give um, team talks or education that what is kind of my main thing that I want to get across that you know because even sometimes like after they get done with a lift or anything like they may need to go or they may need to get somewhere or they may have to go to tutoring and so it's like what do I really need to get across and then after that if there's athletes that have other questions about things they can either come out up to you afterwards and ask you kind of individual questions afterwards.
2: That is amazing that that's where that comes from because that makes so much sense because I've only done like two like TV segments for, for UConn and you don't realize how hard it is to smile <laughs> like the, and say your message, like it is not easy. Like I'm sure anyone who's ever done a TV segment is laughing right now because you don't, you don't know. Like yeah. <laughs> and it's so true though, it makes so much sense because you have to deliver your message. You have to smile. I mean, it's easier to smile when you're not being filmed but it's not easy. And so props to anyone that goes on like GMA or like oh, yeah. It's not easy, um, but yeah, I think like you're saying, like you work on that, and obviously in sports nutrition, as you gain more experience, you're not like practicing your team talk as much as you do when you when you start out. But
0: yeah, um, well, and Tara had actually like recommended to you that we join Toastmasters, and I know you and I have talked about that too. I was going like the Chapel oh. Hill group here because like, I think that's kind like- of did you end up doing it? In home? Apple Hill? No, I didn't do oh, it right. here. I, I ended up not doing it here. But I mean, you think back to like even like a public speaking class in high school, right? Like they like will make you pick like a topic out of the jar. And they're like, all right, you have to talk on this for five. It's hard. Can and I say something? Yes.
2: <laughs> okay, this is gonna sound lame. But growing up, or like I took a public speaking class in or no junior of high school, I was like, oh, I want to better myself, blah, blah. What's so awkward about public speaking classes, it's not for every case, but like you're saying, they're like fake topics. It's like, give a graduation speech. Like I, anyways, so I had this perception kind of growing up, like I had a really bad experience because I tried to memorize everything because I didn't, I was so nervous. And what I realized as you kind of like, obviously I didn't know I was gonna be a dietitian when I was 17, but now when I speak in public, when you're talking about things you care about in in real time, that is a much different feeling than talking about a graduation speech that didn't happen and isn't real. So, I don't know what to say other than that, but if you're afraid of public speaking, it's really not that bad if you talk about things that you're passionate about. Yeah,
0: yeah. Thank you. Right, like it's- Yeah, no. well, and I remember like you know going back to. I'm sorry to put you on the spot because this is no. We're gonna talk. Time. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> friends, like you when you were here, like when you had to do your first presentation for the swim team here, like in the weight room, and then you look at like <laughs> yeah. Let me. <laughs> you remember you. that? <laughs> so, but okay. So you you told me earlier
2: you didn't remember this part, but so yeah. when I started Snip, I don't know. if we were asked to make goals but i do remember when i started snip my like thought process was like i want to be a better public speaker i want to leave SNP feeling more confident in that area and like kelsey was just saying i did a team talk for the swim team in the weight room mm-hmm. and when i look back i don't think i i think i knew what i was talking about but i don't remember like really practicing it i think because i watched kelsey speak i think i was like oh like i can just do that like i don't know what i was thinking and you don't realize too i remember i I got into the talk and the swim team came in and it wasn't like they're all just sitting there quietly waiting. There was like a lot of noise. Like it was, a, there was a lot going on. Anyways, I give this talk and I'm also doing a game called like Family Fuels, like Family Feud. Lane. It was cute. <laughs> I also thought the talk went well. Anyways, I give the talk. I am so uncomfortable because I didn't practice. I'm so much. <laughs> and I'm like sweating. I don't think anyone else noticed, but I was, uncom- the point is that I was uncomfortable. This is maybe like October. I don't even know Kelsey's there. Like, I don't know. And then the team talks over, like everyone's like, Kelsey just like, you just like peer out of like the weight room. you
0: It's dirty <laughs> <And> somehow. <laughs> you don't, you really thought it went well. Sorry. You always improve on everything. But for your first one that you'd ever um, done, you know, I'm all sure good find. Like, everybody's going to start somewhere, right? You have to start at some point. I mean, I think that goes into a good point that, I mean, you do have to practice kind of what you want, like you're like, it's like an elevator speech, right? You kind of want to like know what you're, what you want to say, like in this. And so like practicing, if you only have like three or five minutes, like, you know, kind of making sure that you know what points you want to get across instead of just kind of like going up there and maybe not knowing exactly what you want to talk about. And they're just like, I'm going to see where this goes, but, um. But
2: yeah, it's a good point that like, when it is your first one, you're not supposed to do it perfect. And I think a lot of younger people, whether you're going into counseling or to our first team talk, we put so much pressure on ourselves. But the really cool thing about SNP is you get another opportunity to try again. And this I was- Oh yeah. So this was like, ger- ger- not dramatic, but I don't know why I had to add like an activity again into my team talk to make it more complicated. But then there was another team talk that I did on like energy levels throughout the day. Yeah. It was down at the pool deck. There's probably like 60 swimmers there. And it was, a, and basically because swimmers, you know they train from like seven to nine then they have another pool session. You know, it was about how to, you know, refuel your tank. And I used cups That's and dope. I had like different colored power to represent the energy, energy levels. I mean, this was like a 10 minute talk, which doesn't sound like long, but like, that's a long time. And I practiced this. I didn't memorize it. Yeah. I practiced this. You remember a training table? Yeah.
0: At football meals. Like every day we were practicing it.
2: And like, it went so well like I remember like it went so well and this is so funny weren't you standing like right next to me while I was doing it too I was but it was so good I I felt like that was weird (laughs) I do remember you were like just standing right next to me but not like you were like I thought it was nice but it but it just felt so good to be like you saw the progress like I had to learn that I couldn't wing it and then when you practice even today anytime I speak Anytime I always practice, I don't memorize it. I practice and I don't think people realize and I have no idea what anyone else does. Like I would think most presenters probably go through what they're gonna do before they present. Um, I just don't think people talk about it. But you know, if you have to talk within an hour or 45 minutes, you have to practice it. Cause what if you go, the point is you're supposed to make mistakes, but you just, you just learn from it. And um, I feel like that was kind of like, that sounds weird. That was like a highlight of my snip, but that was like a, professional development highlight.
0: A growth, a growth moment, yes.
2: Another moment, Um, what was the swim coach's assistant? Christy, Christy? Mm -hmm. So she texted me once and um, she was like, hey Liz, we have a swim recruit, no S, T, recruit. Will you come speak to to her or them or the family um, in the weight room? And I was like, sure, like I'll be over soon. And also remember when you're younger too, like I forget, you're really, you know, you don't give recruiting talks every day. So, you know, when we went through it, I knew what to say, whatever. Um, And I'm by the fueling station and then walks in like 20 swim recruits. Did did I ever tell you this? I don't think you did. (laughs) With their family. I mean, this was like a a crowd. And like most of us, we don't do well with um, surprises. Anyways. So I, I obviously get it together. I do the talk and it went fine. And I just like walked out of there and I remember I was like, how the hell, how did I do that? But it was such a cool moment because like until you're forced into these situations that's where you can like see your potential. But I just, I was just like, what just happened? Like, um,
0: That's so funny.
2: But yeah, any other things about SNP that you remember?
0: I'm trying to think. I remember I was really sad when you left. (laughs) You know, that's like the great thing about like SNPs is they do, they create um, such a, you just, you're so blessed. Like when you get a SNP just from both ends from, you know, obviously what the SNP program has to offer and what it, it did while you were here at UNC. I mean, um, you know, for the swim coaches and stuff to, for you to be as involved. And, and then even when the diving coach, like asked you to go to Christmas training, you know, I just thought that was such a cool thing for you to be able to go to Hawaii and pretty much do that for the week. But, um, no, I mean, I think it creates like such a need for more dietitians and we, um, we need more dietitians like here, like UNC. I really hope that we can get another full-time position eventually. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I might've talked about this in another episode with Lauren Marucci, but I remember too at SNP, I mean, I think things just changed, but I think at the time it was, I was supposed to have like rowing, swimming and fencing. And then I know Susan came in and Susan ended up getting like two of those sports. And I remember at first I actually was like, not like sad, but I think I was like, oh, I like, I would have loved to have more teams, but you don't realize because I could really focus on that one team. And I worked with football too, like you, you get to put everything into that team. And I think too, when people are applying to SNP, sometimes you're like looking at the teams you're working with, which like is somewhat important. I guess if you want football experience, like, you know, that makes sense. If you, that's where you want to go, but like, it really doesn't matter. Like, you know, and I had I got to put. All my energy into the diving and swimming programs. And I probably maybe wouldn't have gotten invited to Hawaii if I was so spread thin with, with maybe other teams. So I think like just giving it your all with whatever teams you're assigned. And even if you get, I think, or running from like one to two, you know, that you really get to know those athletes. And that's, what's really special about SNP where, you know, usually if you're a dietitian for like 600 athletes, you know, you, it's hard to like, you know, really get to know everybody, but take advantage that you, you have a smaller focus. It's actually a really good thing. Not like, I wish I had these teams, you know, it's not that I wish I, it's like, I get to put everything into those teams. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Okay, if we could go back, what would have we both done differently?
0: Gosh, that's a good question.
2: Um... Do you want me to go first?
0: Yeah, you go first. (laughs) I don't know if you remember
2: this. Okay, so remember when I was invited to, when I was invited to Hawaii, I contacted SNP to ask or Chelsea <laughs> to ask if, when I got invited, like, could the SNP cover the flight? Right. And they said, um, you know, that we can't cover the flight, but like, if you wanted to not like do SNP in March and take the stipend from March and pay for it, like you could do that. And I was like, okay, great. And this was like November. And I remember, like, I told you that I had that conversation and I was like, um, yeah, like I, I'll use the money, but I'll just like stay on And I kind of kept it vague. And what's my point of the story? This is the point of the story is about communication. Okay. I think when you're 23 or 24 or just starting out, you have to learn like, not like crazy lessons. I mean, this is I'm making this sound dramatic but I didn't really communicate at the time what I was not feeling, but I think I was like, oh, maybe I wanna, I, at the time you're like, oh, I'm gonna get a job in February. What if I wanna leave and, you know, leave early or like for me, i already came from my dietetic internship. Like I, I hadn't had a break in two years. So I was like, maybe I, want to take a break, but it's, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with that month of March. And then I just never addressed it. And then do you remember in like January, we like, you were like, oh, like, and you'll be here for March. And I just kind of froze because I didn't know. I just was so awkward. Cause I just, I didn't know. And so my point of this story is, if you're not sure you should sit down with someone and be honest about like how you're feeling and what's going on versus like, just like, I think cause I didn't really know what I really wanted to do. So I just like, let it linger. Yeah, so that, was, that was the only, like, thing that I kind of learned, like, at the end is, like, people want to know versus, like, a surprise. But I think I just didn't know what to do, and I, like, kept it in, and I probably should have just, like, had a conversation with you.
0: No, I think that's a good I, – I think even looking at probably what I would have done differently is probably had more, like, regular – like meetings that were just you and I, like we ate lunch together every day. And I, I saw you every single day on a daily basis. And, and usually you'd be like, this is what's going on for the day. Or we kind of talk about that, but I don't think we really got to sit down as much as we probably needed to, to like go through like, like opportunities like that, like what your, what your goals are or what you're thinking or going through, like what the job board, you know, anything like that, just having those type of meetings probably would have been more beneficial to at least like make sure that we were doing that even though I saw you like every day and I felt like we knew what was going on but I don't think we kind of prioritized with how busy it was
2: <laughs> yeah no I think that's a really good point too because I think we both probably were like well we saw each other today so of we know what's going on but but yeah and I, th- I know the program's changed like so much within the past five years anyways of just like because you don't it was new to all of us too like I probably should have spoke up more we should have met like whatever but like I hope anyone listening to this like that's the point of this episode too it's like help people like yeah like that probably would have been very helpful but there's also lessons that you're gonna learn anyways that in any situation you're gonna learn so I think taking something away from that even if it's like at the time I guess uncomfortable but that was like the main thing that I feel like when I was 23 like twice I like messed up on communication but (laughs) I'm not like that bad at communication. The point is like, it's like the little like gray areas. I just kind of messed up.
0: Well, I was still even new in this too, as a new director of a program, still trying to kind of navigate this like new role. And I think too, I probably prioritized like trying to make sure that I was visible and seen like in all of these areas versus kind of like actually, you know making time like because i saw you on a daily basis versus kind of making more time to actually like like well, what are your goals like where i was just trying to figure out uh, just kind of how to be a new director and kind of figure out like the ins and outs of the program and kind of getting to know like athletes and coaches as it was because i'd only been there for i guess like a year so you're still oh, kind wow. of in this like new phase of trying to develop Ooh, that's
2: uh, so early! <laughs> but that's so early to just be there for a year and it's cool because it's like i obviously wasn't looking at it like Kelsey's trying
0: to you know like build relationships you know like it's just really funny like what you learn now I don't know being an assistant at Florida I didn't have all of the roles and responsibilities that I do as a director now from an administrative standpoint and um, just like the uh, even the amount of teams there's more teams here than than I had at Florida being the head of football here too, just the demands in itself of that Um, and so I think just trying to like balance everything was new to me at the time too. So I think that, and it was the first time I'd had a SNP also. So it was just um, definitely a learning experience for me as well. But I mean, that was a great experience, obviously.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I think too, for anyone, and this isn't just SNP related, but I think what's it's good to be job related too, but like anytime you start something, it takes like three to four, not months to feel comfortable, but like, not like you're, you're uncomfortable, but you don't realize until like, and I think what's hard about SNP is you feel, start feeling comfortable in like November because you're now you're getting to know the athletic department and the people. And, and then what's hard about SNP is then like in January, you're like, I want to be invested, but I know I'm leaving, and it's, it's a really, it's definitely a really weird situation. um But that's the same into a, I mean, obviously in a full time job. Hopefully you don't leave after eight months, but um, but like yeah. it's, it's cool to kind of see how that um evolves and like you start feeling really comfortable and oh my god, I mean, you learn so much. I can't believe that experience. It feels like another lifetime for me.
0: No, I even feel like that even about like our, um, when we didn't get a snip the last couple of years, we've kind of created these like fellowships where like Rachel has a fellow on her, um, side on the Olympic sports side. And then I have one over here on my side that kind of helps me with football and also some of my Olympic sport teams that I have. And, um, they're, they're like 11 month positions that we have. And it's it's crazy to just kind of see like the growth and development. So we tried to do these fellowships to kind of almost mirror the SNP program um, that they get some of their teams, they get some autonomy over teams um, and kind of the same kind of criteria and competencies that they would undergo in the, in the SNP program that we kind of do that here with them at our fellowship program. And you just see like the growth and development from like month one and, then, like at, I feel like, you know, six months like into it, that it's like, they're super comfortable. They know, they just, they think ahead, they know what the system kind of looks like. And then you lose them, you know, to other jobs and stuff, which is, um, and then even I have kind of lost to a little bit earlier than I wanted to, but, um, you know, but you know, it, it's, it's, done like what it's supposed to do like you know you got a job like as a director um and then these other two that kind of left me like recently like have like new jobs as directors and programs too and um you hate to see them go because then it's like oh you got to rehire somebody else like for this and um but yeah it's it's great it's it's really great just to kind of see the growth of our profession and the growth of how these fellowships and and snip programs help dietitians like get to that next level Um, because that wasn't around and 2006 when I was applying to every single job that I possibly could
2: (laughs) yeah no and it's cool too that like it's not just snip now like even when I was doing snip really was just snip now there's like like you're saying you have all these fellows and so it it is cool how our industry is kind of growing okay so what we didn't talk about was after well after snip what's been really nice too is that like I feel like I can call you anytime and ask you like any question which I guess that's for like almost everyone in the profession but it's really nice just like you know as the years kind of go on like I can just call you anytime and we can just kind of I mean, we'll probably talk for longer than you know 15 minutes about a question <laughs> but um I feel like that's really nice too like just now that I've been gone and like we still connect that way too.
0: No I think that's so I I love that in so many ways that you know even though you've been gotten here from 5 years, like we've still kept such a great relationship and we still can talk all the time or even if um or if it's even if it's gone like a month or so or we haven't talked that i can just text you or call you um and it's like we've um i don't know we haven't missed a beat but it's still like you're right next to me here <laughs> I, know, I feel like i'm with you right now
2: snip with a heart but yeah if anyone's applying to SNP, we hope this segment helped you out a bit but um this episode will come out I don't know, March 4th, some Wednesday in the early March. So right before interview, interviewing time, but um, that was fun reminiscing on that. Um, All right, let's switch gears. So Kelsey works heavily with football and you have, how many interns do you have with
0: football? Oh my gosh, I have 50. I think right now um but the really great thing we have an MPHRD program so I don't have an undergrad program here at UNC but we do have an MPHRD program so I have um pulled really heavily on the grad students um from that program uh which has been great because I've actually been able to kind of assign them other teams as well to help me out with so like one of my grad students has volleyball, like, but she's also primarily football. And then another one has field hockey, another one has baseball, another one has women's lacrosse, um, and then another one has gymnastics. So I've been able to kind of assign oh, some of our grad cool. students um, to be able to get more experience than just with football. Um, but of course, like they're pretty heavily like over here with football with me. What tips do you have for
2: anyone that wants to work with football, like as an intern or wants to,
0: any advice for anyone that wants to work with football specifically? Do you mean just with like the, the demands of it or maybe that's your answer? Yeah, sure. Oh, you should be available. (laughs) It's just football's in season all the time, no matter what, like, you know, you kind of look at the, the, the programming and kind of what football seasons look like that you have kind of, there's never really an off season, I guess. Cause even right now, even though this is like off season, this is a big time. This is kind of my favorite part time of the year, because this is where we're actually doing a lot more of the individual meetings with the off season goals, where a lot of like nutrition goals are established or if guys are changing positions or if they, um, have, um, you know, new, new weight goals for whatever reason, if they, um, you know, lost too much weight, like in season, just with the demands of the season, or like they're, like I said, trying to change position if they're going from, um, you know, inside linebacker to outside linebacker, you know, if they're just so, this is like a great time right now where we're um, doing some of those postseason like DEXA scans or educating them on um, kind of what those numbers mean in terms of their bone mineral density or looking at the symmetry um, if they had an injury and kind of looking at how much muscle mass is on both sides of their right and their left side, you know. So, it's this is kind of my favorite time of the year is really doing a lot of like the education. Uh, this is where we get in the weight room a lot with them too. Um, and are are doing some of the, the three minute like team talks like after each and since we have to spread out obviously with COVID that you have like four like lifting sessions like you feel now, like now I'm
2: thinking anytime someone says team talk I'm thinking T V segment. Are you on? You gotta be on. No, it's good. Everyone T V segment TV segment. No, it's such a good it's such a good oh. <laughs> but I remember but, you um I counseled a football player in the off season for like my first time. Do you remember sitting next to me? Yes. And I remember I was, I wasn't like so nervous, but it was so nice because you just like help because I think sometimes people are like afraid when like someone's like sitting in like, but I just remember that. And it was just so helpful because working with football players is much different than yes. not much different, but you're just dealing with different. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's just different.
0: Yeah. Uh, I feel like any time like a lot of times it depends on, on the football player too. A lot of times, like they're not going to sit down with you for an hour, like out of their day, one, they don't have time and one right. like, yeah, it's for that long. So, um, you know, so I, I, guess it's like a little bit different, but the same All right. Ready for the rapid fire round?
2: <laughs> yes. Okay. If you have a chicken tender or chicken finger, what sauce do you choose to dip? You only have one option, ketchup, honey, mustard, barbecue, or ranch. You only honey have one. Mustard. Oh, honey, mustard. Yeah. That's a good one. Not ketchup though. Like if you only had one really,
0: I, I for some reason, am not a big ketchup person. I don't know. Like I don't like ketchup on my eggs. Like I don't like, I will eat ketchup on fries, of course, but I don't know for chicken tenders. It just it has to be honey mustard. Funniest thing to happen to you this past year,
2: like embarrassing moment. Hmm.
0: Have an answer for the funniest thing of all time? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's so embarrassing. No, this is good. This is a
2: good episode. Come on.
0: She's so embarrassed of it. It's okay. Um. So this was when I was at UCF. And again, I was trying to get in with, um, so this wasn't the past year. This is a couple of years ago, but I, um, was doing a grocery store tour with two like women's track athletes at UCF. And I was trying to finish the grocery store tour and I had to pee so bad.
2: You told me, I know this.
0: <laughs> yes. Going through the grocery store, I was almost done with the grocery store tour and they said something and it made me laugh and I peed my pants in front of them, like in the grocery store tour. What did you do? What did I do? After that. I was like, I'm so sorry, I have to run to the bathroom. And I was like, I'll see you guys this week. (laughs) And I know that they both were like mortified for me. (laughs) So
2: it just ended the grocery store Like it ended like right there? Well- Oh yeah, it ended.
0: And then I had to leave there and didn't go back to UCF for the day cuz I had to get changed my pants. That's
2: pretty bad. Best part of being a mom? Oh my gosh.
0: I just my kids are so great. I love them. Um I think it's just like how much like they they love you no matter what. Like I think like I can be, you know, if if I have to like I don't know, be upset like with Charlotte for doing something or, you know, drawing on the wall or anything like that but like I don't know they just love you unconditionally and I think just getting to experience like new things with them or that they come home like if Charlotte draws me a picture at school and she'll like I'll go to pick her up and she'll like run to me and say like mommy I drew you a picture um I think it's just the coolest thing like Charlotte's in a really fun age right now because she's taught you can carry on conversations with her and it's just like I think that's just like it blows your mind that they just like Her words have come along and her conversations have just, um, I don't know. They've, they've gotten so much, uh, they've become so much more. Like you can actually carry on a conversation with her. Oh
2: my God. Amazing. And then Amelia,
0: just being a baby, like she's still in that. She gives the best hugs. She's, um, she's kind of my cuddler. Charlotte is not like, Charlotte does not like to be held. Charlotte does not like to be cuddled, but Amelia Amelia just wants to be held and cuddled all the time. And so like, she's like my, like, she's oh. my cuddler. <laughs>
2: oh my God, so cute. All right, last question, are you ready? Yes. If you could tell your younger Artie self one thing, what would you say?
0: I guess I would say be open to feedback. Um, I think that's the hardest thing. Like it's hard for me sometimes to give feedback, but then I think also like taking it, like I think when I was younger that anytime somebody would, like a boss or a mentor would give me feedback on something that I either needed to improve on. Like, I think I just took it like so harshly, but, you know, cause it's like, oh, I'm not doing a good job. Like they don't like me. I think like that's just something that can help continue to help, you grow and even me grow that now I don't take it like as harshly that I'm like, okay, they're just looking at ways that I can improve and improve as a director or improve as a dietitian or improve like myself or improve my leadership skills like overall. So I think multiple people have said this of being in like a growth, like mindset of this, but I think that's like sometimes like really hard to hear like feedback because I'm not even like the greatest at giving it. Like every time I meet with like my fellows or like my interns and give them feedback about things, like I'm like, you know don't take this personally like we're just like kind of again like ways that you can improve because somebody eventually like i would never want somebody to to go on to another position and all of a sudden like have to get this and it's like well kelsey never told me that you know or um or i wouldn't want that for myself like if somebody if you know if i ever leave unc or whatever and ex boss or in your next life is like hey you need to improve on this and you're like well why didn't they ever tell me this here so this is what i've just been continually doing so
2: no, I love that. And that's a really good point too, for anyone receiving feedback, like always think, what if I didn't know this? Cause if I go to my next place, I might not even get the job at the next place. Cause I never got the feedback, like as much as it's so hard, but I think for anyone, it's really hard. And some people don't know how to deliver feedback, co- not correctly, but I think it's all about the delivery and then it's harder. Cause then you're like, I don't want to deliver it wrong, but it's like, you have to deliver it. But anyways, yeah, feedback is key. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kelsey, thanks so much for being on today. This was so fun. You know, I miss you. <laughs> I miss you too. I feel like I'm like at the fuel station with you right now cuz I can just see it in the back. Right. <laughs> well, we'll have a great rest of your week and go Tarios.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sports Artie Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify, share the podcast or tell another sports RD to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at SportsRDSnippets snippets to see what sports RD guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests. So stay tuned. I'm Liz Wiluka and thanks so much for listening.